being true to yourself in life is just as important as being true to yourself during any kind of artistic anything. I agree. Because if you're not yourself at you now, of course, you can't always be yourself 100 percent of the time. Um, because uh, maybe it was us that talked about this because your personality will shift based on who you're around. It will shift around who you're around. And also who you are can be very dependent on the state of your mind at that one point in time. Oh, yeah. If you're hungry, if you're craving something, you know, it can change a lot. You can't always be yourself in terms of getting what you want yeah. in the moment. But you will not be happy if you don't try to somewhat be yourself every day. Oh, yeah. If you are completely closed and you have listened to everyone else and been like, well, I guess this is the way to live life. And you just go down that path farther and farther and farther and you never develop who you are. At some point, it's like we've talked about before the sunk cost fallacy where it's like, well, now I'm 60. I've never developed myself really. I've, I've always so been So it's too depressed. late for me to find myself. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it's not. Plenty no. of people find themselves when they're 60. Yeah. But it's a lot more difficult. You don't Definitely. have enough resource or you don't have as many resources, I should say. And you're it's potentially like you're physically limited, maybe like physically limited, know. possibly mentally limited. Yeah, you have more responsibilities at that point. Like exactly. And it can be so much harder to cultivate, which is why, especially when you're young, you need to be yourself. Number one, it makes you happier no matter what. Even if you're depressed, of course, it might not be like the solving to all of your problems, yeah. but it, it makes you but, happier. But it's the start to being able to see clearly and objectively Very true. by and understanding yourself. And it's also the start of getting rid of the, the life you don't like. Because if you just listen to other people, if you just listen to what you should do, blah, 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 you're going to, you still create a life that yeah. you're living and you're in the center of. But now in front of this friend group, you have to act this way. And in front of these people, you have to act this way. And when you're at work, you have to act this way. And you can't do that because that'd be terrible. Yeah. And you get so far away from who you are, you feel like your entire life's an act. The absence. Show me evidence. Beautiful day. You no, I don't. No, even dumb people like, say smart you things. You are I can't now define objective. Right now. Fuck out of my face. I'm too I give you logical, non-religious answer. I'm a menace. Dissertation of chalk talk. Play devil's advocate. <laughs> You know, man, the, the more we talk, honestly, I really don't know what hurts you more. The fact that I continue to say that I'm Christian <laughs> or the fact that I'm 21, because you have a very similar reaction to both. Yeah, I do like how you say continue to say, because I know you're not. But you're I not am. actually a Christian. No, I am a Christian. <laughs> uh, but no, it's definitely that you are supposedly a Christian. That I'm a Christian? That one bothers me the most. Because it bothers see, here's you the that thing. I'm a Christian. Here's the thing. Here's what you need to understand. That I am a Christian? You're not, but we are the same. We're not the same. We are, though. We're, we have similar attributes. Why would you downgrade yourself? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not downgrading myself at all. But you are. I'm not. I'm great, too. I'm my own version of great. I can dance gay <laughs> like a fucking beast. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue with that. Yeah, if I did that, it would just be completely out of character. It would be very out of character. Yeah. And it's not that it's not out of character with me, because I was dancing earlier, and you were like, this makes me feel kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> but it, it's, not, it's not completely out of character. No, not completely. Like, you see it, and you're like, yeah, that is, that's Alex. Yeah. He's just kind of, you know, he's his own little 
he has his own truth in life. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, for me, it would just be totally out of character. And I need to be true to myself. Well, I'm true to myself as well. My Christian good. self. Good, good. And that is actually the main topic today. Yeah, we're getting right the fuck in. We are. But before we really start to touch on it, I'm going to push back on something you said a few days ago. Oh, no. I talk <laughs> a lot. Okay. Was it on the podcast or off the podcast? It was off the podcast. Oh, I can deny it all day long. No, you can't. Because I remember it. So Your memory could be flawed. It's not. Okay. This is what you said. What did I say? You said something that I'm going to dispute. Dispute it. All day. And the statement was... That I needed to be more humble. You should be more humble. And I'm going to contest that. Okay. Because that is a falsehood. <laughs> no. Everyone should be more humble. 100%. Okay. Okay. First of all, no. Yes. They definitely should. But they should. Here's the thing. That's what Christian... Okay, here's the thing. I'll give mine. Oh, yeah. You did say that was the most Christian thing I'd ever said in my entire life. Being humble? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Satanists do not admire being humble. Why? Unless... Well, they just don't really admire it at all, actually. There's not really any reason to just be like humble for no reason like you should always be proud of your accomplishments you should always take credit for your own works like you should always be anticipating going further than you are now based on your own merit and continue to use that as the reason that you continue to push yourself further being humble in the sense that christianity wants you to do is being a servant to a magical being that controls your willpower to be like his. And I disdain every aspect of that entire concept. The entire concept of being like, oh, I'm a worthless piece of shit. I don't think that's what being humble is. And I'm not talking about Christian humble. I'm just talking about being humble, man. Okay, what's your definition here? Let's use a real definition because we <laughs> like definitions around here. We do. The definition of humble having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. I'm going to go with moderate. I'll, I'll defend low too. But if you have a stance of your Did it say modest? Oh, yeah, modest. Okay, I read that wrong. Having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. Okay, so based on nihilism, it's absolutely crucial to recognize that you do not matter at all. And that could be kind of humble. So, sure. So you should be humble. But you shouldn't be humble because of just some some sense that it's like the better thing to do because there is no such thing. It's just what it is. I think you can go further in life being humble. I think it gives you more opportunity to grow, not of having a low self-worth, but of knowing not. That's what, that's what Christianity associates being humble with, though, is having a low self-worth and giving this sense that all of your self-worth is derived from your connection with Jesus. It is. You know it's not. Listen, I'm not defending Christian humble. I am defending humble humble. To be humble. To understand you might not know the, the most. To see, of course. To see where you are in life. That's called objectivity. To see where you are in life. Downgrade it a little bit so that you can clearly see, talk to people. You don't have to downgrade it to see clearly. You just fucking sure you see clearly. Because you might, where you might be, you might see people on your same level as lower than you. And they might be, but they might not be. They might have some great ideas that you're not tapping into. So you lower yourself to be like, I am not better than them, at least right now, in terms of what we've both made, what we have both done. I am being humble, and I will listen to you dumb shits. And that's what being humble is about. 
<laughs> listening to dumb shits. Okay, so yes, you no. should listen to dumb shits. I, yeah, as even, you know, no, even dumb people say smart things. And I have disputed that before because Pareto principle rules that statement out. But they still say smart things. But it doesn't matter because the ratio is incongruent. It's not worth the time. If you're basing your life off of the eighty twenty rule. Someone that is only saying smart things 10 to 20% of the time and then 80% of the rest of their fucking output is stupid shit that is either stagnating you or detrimenting you. It's not really worth it. But what if it... Can you define stagnating? Just like keeping you in the same place. Like when you associate with people that just have no goals whatsoever, they're just content with, you know, staying at a gas station. Okay. For their entire life. I would say that's uh, that's bringing you down more than it's keeping you at the same level. But even if it is keeping you at the same level, let's say you have, let's say you have 10 friends. Five of them are above where you are and five are below. I think that's good. You don't, I don't think you should be at the lowest rank because then you won't understand what everyone higher than you is saying. We should always just surround yourself with people that are always better than you. And then I don't you'll think you constantly be, the be motivated to be. I think you should. Then you'll always be motivated to be better and better and better and better and better. Because they can humble you. They can show you how dumb you are. Exactly. Which is why it's good to be humble. I guess you could call it humble. I'm just calling that objectivity. Recognizing your actual place. It's just nihilistic objectivity. Well, I think that that is hum being humble. I guess so. So you agree with me. It's good to be humble. I agree with the concept. But I don't agree with the semantics. I don't. Yeah. I don't like that word humble. Oh no, can't get behind a word. Yeah. It's a word. Yeah, and words matter. So They do, and we're going by the definition yeah. that we read. Shout out Webster yeah, Dictionary. Yeah, and I, dis I dislike modesty. I find that a very religious concept also. What's the definition of modesty? Believing that short skirts are bad. <laughs> okay, so, okay, no, no, no. okay, so what's the definition of modesty? The definition of modesty is unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's abilities or achievements. Yeah, that's really bad. It's a pretty shitty definition. Um, oh, here's a worse definition. Relative, <laughs> relatively moderate. What? That's the next definition. <laughs> For, of an amount, rate, or level, relatively moderate. Wow. Yeah, so I don't really agree with anything there either. So it's no wonder why. Okay, wait. Unassuming or moderate in the estimation of one's abilities or achievements. It's not a great definition, but it is the definition. So we're going to go off the definition. I think that's good to do because I think a lot of times ego can get in the way, even if you don't know it, because my brain has led me astray. Yeah, but not if you're objective. <sighs> We've had this discussion. Not everyone can be objective. I know. Well, then that's Because not them. everyone's a sociopath. That's on them. That's their problem. So here, They here's should take medication point. to be sociopathic. Here's an interesting point. Did we just equate objectivity with being a sociopath? Because if being objective, the only actual correct way of thinking is... I disagree. Silence. If... No! Don't if, tell me to silence, you fucking whore. Silence, bitch. Fuck you. But if you're completely 100% objective, you'll just die. No, you won't. Sure. Nothing matters. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to die eventually. No. Might as well not eat. No, I mean, objective reasoning. Define objective reasoning. Should I define it with the definitions or do you want to define it? We can go off your definition. I don't know if there's a definition for it. Okay. So it's the philosophical concept that values and reality 
exist in an objective sense with definable terms and that perceptions can be misperceived so that individuals' perception of reality is not the same as the nature of reality. Okay, here's, here's my problem with that. To be truly objective, you would have to know act absolutely everything. And no one knows everything. We only know the world to the best of our ability. Yes, so to that's all you can your, do. Yes, but it, that might lead you astray because the, the way you view the world might be strayed in a way that you can't even see. Then you proceed down that path until you find the information that corrects it, and then you change course. Because if you find information that corrects what you're doing, then if you have an objective per, like perspective, you should have no qualms over switching to that. But what if it's not apparent that 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 that's the reason what if it's not apparent that's the reason you're not doing well but here's the thing being objective about it would yield that result not always it would no because if they sat down and objectively thought about it they would be able to come up with the specific reasons why whatever is occurring but like i said you can only be as objective as you can be with your knowledge so if you go off that and you're introduced to new knowledge and you're still a dumb person because everyone's a dumb person because we, we are dumb creatures, then you might be misled and go, no, that's not the reason, even if it is the reason. Now, you might come across it again and then figure out it's the reason, yeah. which is good. It is good to continue Which means that at that, that, that time, you weren't actually being objective. And so it's a process of continually honing that to try to reach it. Is a it full reachable? sense of it. Of course not. Okay. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'm just glad to hear you say you can't be truly objective. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know that. I can't say that for sure. I don't think I, I don't think you can. Because you don't know everything. You don't know the world. But you if, only you know were your a, if, if you're a full sociopath, you can truly feel nothing. I think you might be able to. Or you could be pretty damn close. I don't know. I like emotions, man. I don't. I think emotions make the world a better place. I think emotions are what artists draw upon. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like with no emotion, there'd be no art. There would just be textbooks. And I would hate to live in a world with no art. <clears throat> we'll touch on that in later episodes, possibly. Let me touch on it now. Okay. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy right now. You have got no goddamn idea. <laughs> oh. Why? Because I'm objective and I'm not going to fucking sit there and like stick yes. to a point just yes. because I have some sort of fucking sunk cost fallacy investment in the idea that I've been spewing. Like That's exactly right. <laughs> Because I'm not like that. Because I'm fucking objective. Because I just like to be told I'm right. That's all. You're right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Say it again. You're right. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm sweating. So that's like your word. Mine is like, you're God. <laughs> <laughs> you come when someone says you're God. I come when someone says I'm correct. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, see. New merch and idea. This, you're you're right on the front, you're God on the back. Yeah, yeah. The front Same. of the shirt is mostly blue, the back is mostly red. I don't yeah. know, we'll figure it out. Is what I meant by my main point of that your like mindset there is not on my level. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Just because I like to be told I'm right? I guess, yeah. I brought you to a new conclusion. Respect my brain. I do. Thank you. I know you do. We wouldn't have this podcast if you didn't respect yeah, me. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is also very true. Yeah. Which, let's get into that real quick. It's good to have friends, and I mean this in the biggest compliment possible. 
that are absolute assholes. Oh, yes. I mean that in the most I know. praising God way. I, I know. I know. It, it's great to have friends who are assholes because a lot of people are so falsely, fakely nice. Yeah. That you never really know if they're being truthful. But when you have a friend who will tell you you are a horrid person and they will cut you off, it draws a line for you to be like, all right, I have to be somewhat of a good person and a smart person or a whatever kind of person. You have to live up to it, which makes you be more that person. Yeah. And it doesn't let you become a shitty person. Yeah, exactly. And by shitty, I mean dumb, ignorant, subjective. Yeah. And the fastest way to do that is by hanging out with dumb people. I can attest to that personally because I experience it every single day. If you subject yourself... The more I associate with dumb people, slowly the less I aspire to achieve things. The more I associate with smart people, intelligent, well-spoken, thoughtful, creative, generally, people, then the more inspired I am to continue achieving more things. Okay, that makes sense. But what if, do you think there's any any place that if the majority of the people you hang around are better than you, that there is room to hang out with people who are not as good as you to help them? I guess so. If you really just want to help people like that. I'd, I'd like to. I'd, because you know me. I, I've grown up a little bit in the past like two years. And it's only been because I've hung around people that I do respect and I do like and who have pushed me and kept me on track and told me when I was doing wrong. And if they lived by, if they lived by only being around people better than them, I would have never gotten there. So I think everyone, for every seven people that are better than you, you should hang around three dumbasses. But that, you're, you, only, you only think that because you're, you're being trapped by this humble mindset that makes you think that you're not already one of the better people. I don't think I'm one of the better people necessarily. I'm not sure if there is a, such a thing as a better person. There is. There is. Define it. What's a Okay, so it's a person who is consistently pushing themselves forward to achieve the goals that they set out for themselves on their own terms. And don't you think you have to be somewhat humble to push yourself forward? Uh no. No. I, I mean maybe a little bit, but I, but I wouldn't call it being humble. I would just call it being objective. I don't think you have to I, I think I just associate humble as like this negative term that means putting yourself down, putting your own abilities down. And by the definitions we looked up, it literally is exactly that. It's having a moderate to low estimate of your own abilities. And that's not really how you continue to push yourself forward. If you don't take risks, you're not going to continue to grow. So you have to be willing to take risks. And especially in a creative field, if you're creating something, you have to have a sense of narcissism. You have to think, you have to think, and we'll touch on this in artistic intent plenty in season two. But next season, check it out. Yeah. But you is this, our, is this our first shout out of season two? Yeah. Okay. But you have to have a certain amount of narcissism present I in think, order to be able to even think that what you're creating is worthy of putting out to the world in the first place. Like, like think just think about that for a second. Like how much narcissism it really does take to think that something that you created 
is worthy of being out there in the world on the same platform as everything else. To think that people will be inspired or enjoy listening to what you have done. And I, that, can, I can agree with that. It is. Yeah. Also, and it doesn't mean it's a bad thing because there's no. this association with the, with the idea of narcissism as being a bad thing. I, I completely agree with what you're saying. However, I think it is both. I think you need, because as we all know, you don't live on one emotion. You don't live by one mindset. You do fluctuate quite a bit. It's a spectrum. I think you do need both narcissism and being humble. Yes. Humility, is humility humble? Yes, because if you fall too far on the farthest end of the narcissism spectrum and have something like narcissistic personality disorder or something like that, then you're not objective. You're too far wrapped up in your own ego to see your own place in things clearly. And that's why too much narcissism is a bad thing. Just the same as being humble too much is a bad thing, which is why you need to toe the line in the middle, which I'll is where objectivity is exact. Would you say you could have both on a, like you can have, you can be super narcissistic at some points and also super humble at the same point in a way that you put your shit yes. out and you're confident it can happen. However, you also feel like what you just put out is so terrible that now you need to go back and make it 10 times better. Yes. And then you get the narcissistic, you put it out, you get the humility. You're like, I have to fucking redo this and make it better. Yeah, and I feel like that's, that's what creates real art. Yes, I agree. I think that that is how it is supposed to be, is striving okay. to find that balance between the two. Because that's what being objective is, is knowing that your place like, is just it's knowing your place. OK, so I think we can meet in the middle here. You can be you should be humble. Yes. I want you to say it. Say it. Say it in the fucking microphone. Should you be humble? And don't don't do you should you should you should be realistically humble. No, you should be objective. Wait, wait, no. I'm bringing it back. Don't use the what's it called? Um the definition of the word versus what people feel like the word means. Connotation. Don't use the connotation of how the word humble makes you feel. What we've been talking about, the denotation. Based on the the definition definition of humble, using the word modest. You should be very humble in some points, but also be very narcissistic at other points. So that you put it out and go back and make it better. Which in summation, you could just say objectivity. (laughs) <laughs> because as striving as you can yeah exactly but part of that objectivity is humility and part of that objectivity is narcissism yes i agree i also agree <laughs> we have met in the middle this is not the i don't think this is the first time it's happened. you're right oh you're a god i know I feel like you're going to clip me saying that and just listen to it on repeat on the way home. <laughs> just a 20-minute drive. Just, you're God. You're God. You're God. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But. No, I'm going to loop that one now. <laughs> <laughs> me saying it three times? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a chant. It's your ritual to me. You'll put music behind it. You'll create a whole song behind it. Yeah, I'll be yeah. in your next album. That'd be funny. Uh, Distort it a fuck ton, like make it like a demon voice or something. <laughs> oh God. That could be kind of fun. Reverse oh it. That'd be creepy. Um, I don't think it'd be creepy. I think it'd sound probably stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, God backwards. No, I already. I ha- no, I have an artistic vision for how it would sound. That would be badass. What's it sound like? 
Can you I can't describe it? it to you. Okay. Without I couldn't describe it without like creating it right now. So we have both agreed to be objective in the sense of both being humble and being narcissistic. Yeah. But that plays in to being yourself. You need to take those and ingrain that into being who you truly are. I agree. Which is a nice segue back into our topic that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But and it it all ties in together. Yeah, because being yourself is it sounds so simple. So be yourself. But it's it's a pretty complicated thing because you're trying to be yourself as much as possible, but also trying to not be the negative parts of yourself or the parts that drag you down and just do as much of the good as you can and even the bad that you can, but being able to reflect on it to become a better person. But the most important thing, I would say the most important thing, even if you lean too far on the narcissistic side or the humble side, is to be yourself. You should be yourself first and learn how to manage it later. Would you agree with that? You say you should be humble first? No, you should be yourself first and then figure out if you're being too narcissistic or too humble. Yes. So figure out how to control, not control, but manipulate how you act to be more of yourself in the way that you would want. Yeah. That's like kind of something I've heard in the URM podcast, which is like about recording. And shout out URN. Yeah. URM. Yeah. Unstoppable recording machine. But they have said this repeatedly on multiple episodes of the podcast throughout its history that artists like musicians, especially in this case, but artists, you know, creatives in general will wonder how they can like get their own sound, you know, like how they can have their own unique like version. And they'll try to like mimic all these other different things. They'll try to, you know, copy other people's riffs and, and, and they'll try to be this other artist and they'll continue to ask this question of how do I get my own sound? How do I, how do I get people to be hearing something that I have created and be like, Oh, that's them. And it comes down to the fact that first of all, you are already a unique individual. You, you already are a unique individual. And so if you simply focus on being yourself and honing the aspects of you that you already have, improving the best parts, negating the worst parts, and honing that, then your artistic self and your own sound or whatever expression will come through as a result of you becoming more in tune with your own in, like intuition, I guess. And harping on that, um, similar with music, you, you know more about music. I listen to more about comedy. The same fucking thing happens with comedy. I've heard Tom Segura specifically talk about it a lot where he says when he first started stand-up, he would emulate Chris Rock. He would use a lot of the same hand motions. He would do a lot of the same kind of uh, gestures, bits, voices. And that's almost how all comedians are. You always start because that's what you've watched and that's what makes it real. And you get to a point where you're, you're you're good. You might be making some money. You're validated by the audience, but you know it's... It's not going to become a great thing. It's not going to become huge unless you do make it completely yours. And the only way to do that is drawing back and be like, okay, what am I not even necessarily stealing on purpose, but it's just like a mental thing where you pick up on things and you go, is this me or is this me trying? You know, I'm too scared to be me. So I am now emulating other people because I know that they can do it. And if they can do it, I can do it. So here's this. And it's all about 
really dissecting who you are and then figuring out, okay, this is who I am. And I think that's the biggest risk in almost every genre. Because I think you can become good, comedy, music, movies, whatever it be. I think you can become good at it. Yeah. But you can never truly be great unless you really do make it yours. Oh, because yeah. I agree. Like, every band that I like, every comedian I like, all of it, they all have such a unique, none of them sound the same. A million other people sound like them. And I find them funny. And I like their music. But at the end of the day, who am I going back to? I'm going back to the people who I feel like... Execute the best. They execute the best. And usually, they're, they're not always the first ones, but they are the most central to who they are. Yeah. And they don't... There's nothing that truly emulates them perfectly, and there's nothing that they truly emulate. Yeah. It's just such a unique branch. And that's really... It, it's the beauty of any kind of artistic anything, really. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And that's something that we're going to literally touch on for hours on end. On artistic intent. I'm so hyped up for this. Season. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fucking amazing. You guys should, too. Yeah. I mean, season two, artistic intent. Plugging it a second time. Yeah. This episode. Yeah, I think where things are going with the new season, topic-wise, will be way more what I enjoy, I think. I, I don't know about yeah, you, but... I, I think it will be because... But, you know, art and philosophy. I love... I was... I already know you like philosophy. Because you've talked yeah. about philosophy more than I have. I love philosophy... I think it's really interesting because it is kind of trying, in a way, trying to find the right way to live, even though, of course, there is no singular right way to live. But the best way to live for you, for the people around you, um, the being able to change your thought. I think philosophy is one of the best ideas because it tells you you can change how you think. You can find something that you think is the best way to live. And become that. Mm -hmm. Not force yourself into something, but you can slowly change your thoughts and habits instead of just relying on like, well, this is just little old me yeah. making the same mistake. I guess I'll make it next month and yeah. the month after that. So I love philosophy. I love art. And they're not coming out in the same order, but the last few podcasts we've done have been more this way. Yeah. And I've enjoyed them. They're a lot easier to talk about, I think. I think they just go yeah. better overall, honestly. Because yeah. artistic intent, artistic anything really is what it is to you. That's that's something you. I don't think you can ever make objective is art. No, it's not. I mean, you can you can do it to a sense. For example, it, yeah, in some ways, like yeah. the song um, "Call Me Maybe." I heard that was made in a lab. Really? Yeah. Can you look it up real quick? I also heard this on the Hey Babe podcast. Shout out Hey Babe. One of the best, one of my favorite comedic podcasts. Chris Stefano, Sal Volcano from Impractical Jokers, just riffing on shit. But look up, call me maybe Scientific Lab, some shit like that. Now, I only see one thing about that. Is it on Observer.com? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I heard about it. Where I, It sounds like satire. Because it says, sometime in 2011, a group of scientists working in a top-secret Canadian laboratory uncovered a formula to maximize the addictive qualities of a pop song. In September, the formula was leaked by the way of a song called Call Me Maybe and performed by 26-year-old Canadian Idol winner named Carly Rae Jepsen. But really quick, let's... Can, even if it's fake, can we assume it's real for a second? It's definitely fake, but okay. Cool. Yeah. Let's assume it's real. Just for the sake of this. First off, 
Is it a catchy song? Yes. 100%. It's a very catchy song. Is it one of the greatest songs to ever exist? Not by a fucking landslide. No. I mean, like, you listen to it, it gets stuck in your head. You can beep bop to it. You can move your shoulders a little bit. But it'll it'll never be, you know, any song from a Three Days Grace album. It'll never be, <laughs> shout out, one of my favorite bands that's ever existed. Yeah. I know we've said it before. It, yeah, it'll never be All Them Witches. It'll never be All Them. It'll never be Bridge City Sinners. No. It'll never be um, Polyphia. It'll, like, there's, you have to just be yourself, which is one of the hardest things to do. Because I think when when you really are yourself, first off, what's it even mean? But second of all, once you find what it find out what you think it means, now you're really putting yourself out. You're not being like, oh, this joke doesn't work because, you know, I don't care that it didn't work. It's not really me. So it, there's a wall behind you getting hurt because your stuff is not liked. Yeah. And it's fine if it's not liked. I mean, it, it'll hurt. Oh, yeah. But, That's a part of it, though, honestly. Yeah. I mean, any creative person has made shit that people do not like. Yeah, of course. There's Three Days Grace songs I don't like, and it's my, one of my favorite fucking bands. Yeah. But that's all. That's when you learn out or uh, learn what you don't like about it. That's when you learn, okay, this is what I don't like about this, and this is what I like about this other thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and even though they might be you, and also I really respect an artist who will put something out or sing something more because they like the song, even if it's not the most popular song, but they feel it's most true to them. Yeah. I really respect that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it was Tyler, the creator, who I don't actually listen to, but I've heard a couple of songs. He seems like a cool guy from his interviews. I don't know. Um, but he said that, like, of course, there's songs that he performs that he doesn't like performing because he just yeah. doesn't like the song. It feels too washed, too fake, too, you know, musically created instead of himself. Yeah. And he will perform them. But I feel like, I think I heard him say that, like, out in public, he doesn't like performing them. And then there's the songs that maybe don't get as much clout. They don't get as much attention, which he loves playing. And I think that's what true art is. Yeah. It's just being yourself. And I feel like if you do it and you become good at it, people are going to follow because we all do follow some kind of archetype of person. You know, I don't think anyone is truly individual in a sense. Yeah. We're all connected into different types of people, whether it be creative, intelligent, uh, you know, lesser. Um, <laughs> you, you kind of fall into a group. And if you really explore it and be yourself and put it out, people are going to relate. Oh, and yeah. That's the beauty of art. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's why... I disagree when there's a lot of times where artists or bands will say things like, oh, we just can't get ahead. Like the industry's like tilted against us. And then and in a sense, it is, yeah. but not in the way that they mean it. They act like they're like, oh, people just don't. The labels are trying to keep us down and all this shit. And it's like, no, your music's just not really that good. Like, yeah, Or what I feel like happens a lot is. They make one or two albums and they have no money. They have no deal. It's them being them. And it is some of the best music that they make. And then all they do after that is try to emulate that first album. Oh, yeah. And then it just becomes either repetitive, boring, 
too fake. Well, see, here's the thing. It it depends on what their audience is. Because if that's what the audience wants, then give it to them. If the band wants to do that and the audience wants it, then keep doing it. But if if you want to establish yourself as a band that can do versatile things, then it needs to be done early on. Like, if you want to do... If you want to be like Opeth, you need to, you know, do you know Opeth? I do not. Like, if you want to go from, like, being, like, a death metal band and a progressive, like, metal band to being able to do, like, you could put out, like, an acoustic opera album and it would not be out of character in any way because that's the precedent that has been set by their previous work is that it could be anything like that that they are going to do what they want, that they well, that will stay true to their artistic vision. And so it's like, if they had only done extreme death metal for the longest time, and then they all of a sudden drop something crazy out of the box like that, the fans would lose their minds and be pissed as fuck. That's true, but I so also think they should do it. They should, but they would lose all their fans. So the point is, by having done this early on, and by being able to set this precedent that they can do what they want and follow their artistic vision, they're like one of the most respected bands in metal. Like any true metalhead probably will love Opeth. Opeth? O-P-E-T-H? Yeah. Well, shout out to them. I need to start listening to them then. I would love their acoustic fucking uh, opera. They're great. And I'll talk about them more on Artistic Intent also in season two. I can see what you're saying with it. I still think they should, even if you haven't, you know... uh, that if you had a main focus and you just want to change it, I definitely think you should. But you have to understand it's going to come with your normal fan base not liking it. But if that is who, how you're changing, who you're becoming, yeah, then definitely do it. For example, uh, Adam Gontier. Yeah, you can, and you can do that. But, but the, the key thing is to not do it and then bitch about it. Yeah, you can't bitch about yeah, it. Yeah, because you laid the groundwork for it. Like yeah. If you wanted to make some crazy... like Because it's a business. You're running a business. If you make some... Like, that's your product. If yeah. all of a sudden your entire product is completely repackaged in a completely new form or you change the entire recipe to what the like the, the audience is, you know, enjoying consuming all these years, and then all of a sudden it's completely different, they're not going to continue buying it. Yeah, you In this case, be, consuming it. You but. can't be like a lumber factory and then all of a sudden start making toilets and being like, fucking, the industry's against me right now. No one's buying my fucking toilets. Yeah. You have to... You have to have responsibility for it, but I would say it's still the utmost important is that you follow it. You just understand there's consequences to possibly yeah. getting, and you can you can always go back if you get that in you again. Yeah. But uh, like I was say, saying, Adam Gontier, which is the lead singer of Three Days Grace, fucking third, fourth shout out today. I love Three Days Grace. Uh, he left to go to St. Asonia, and it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's a completely different vibe, but it is a different vibe. And they were a smaller band. And of course, he carried some clout from Three Days Grace over there, which probably got them some listeners. But it is its own beautiful band of itself. And I think, I think that's the best thing about art is when you're, re- you're willing to lose it all for what you want to do. Because that's all art is, is just what you want to do what you want to create, and you're just hoping people like it. You can't force people to like it. Yeah, and I can uh, play devil's advocate to that as well. Go ahead. This idea of of telling the artist to to do what they what they know they're most passionate about and and art wise. Because if I was in you know say a label position, if I was working A and R 
or management at a label or something, or from a marketing perspective, I would probably really be pushing hard for the band to do what is most likely to make them succeed the most. Of course. And and if their artistic vision was really drastically in line and like statistically or historically proven to be something that could be detrimental to their proven listener base, because, you know, we would have the the data on it. We would have the data on, you know, the the metrics on what demographics their audience consisted of and what things their audience liked the best. And so you would be able to predict based on, you know, trends, current and past, whether or not something is likely to succeed. And so if they suddenly have a drastic shift, and especially in rock and metal, where there is a very defined sound, things aren't really allowed to be that experimental before the fans uh, veer away from it. And so because of these limitations that exist currently, it's harder for artists to do really experimental things like that without setting the precedent or by just being really good at doing what they envision in their own minds. And that's why, like, I would say that, like, you know, from a business perspective, I would maybe more cautiously coach that. I wouldn't yeah. just straight up say, do what what you just what you want, because it's like, you know, there's so many things on the line too. like, you know, all these other people's job, like this is this whole team, this whole ecosystem that's operating around this band, this business that is dependent on that income that's going to come in, too. So I definitely see it from that point of view. Um, my only thing, because, yeah, because if they drop an album that flops then that's, you know, the next two years of income for like yeah. 50 people or something. Like, because, you know, everything's going to be based around the al this album cycle. You know, this tour that's going to happen over the next two years, all this album drops that'll happen, you know, the vinyls, the merch stuff, yeah. like all these things will, will happen in a schedule. And it's like, if the album does shit, then, you know, all these people are suddenly out of jobs. And I, like I said, I completely see it from the business aspect. My only thing would, would be, if you do that, you know, I mean, it's a good thing. You're helping the people you love, the people you grew with in this company to, you know, continue to succeed. But also I do think the, the greatness of your art will decline. I don't think it'll be the same. And I think that's why a lot of bands kind of run out where it's like they keep make like I think Metallica still makes music, yeah. new music. No one listens to it. I mean, no, I mean there's yeah. some, of course, but I mean, I haven't listened to it in a minute. I just think purely from the art perspective, you have to follow what you want to do. From a business perspective, it's very different because you do want to continue the sales. Yeah. And you can still continue to be a very, very good band. If you follow that and you, of course, and you go towards your, your client, not clients, but you know, your fans and you release the music that you'll, you know, you'll like, but I don't think you'll continue to be a great phenomenal band because I think you might lose some of that heart. What if you're exclusively catering to the fans? Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So how familiar are you with five finger death punch? <laughs> I know of five finger death punch. Yes. Have you listened to their music any? Like, like, do you know about them any? Like, no, at all? I don't oh, know okay. about them at all, but I have listened to some songs. Okay, they're like one of those bands where everyone gives them shit, you know, for like, quote unquote, selling out or whatever, yeah. which I don't believe in. That's just bullshit from haters. But <laughs> fucking haters. It really is. Um, And it's the same thing with like people who hate on Nickelback. Like, I hate on Nickelback, but I also like Nickelback. Yeah, because Nickelback's great. And at the end of the day, 
anyone that doesn't like Nickelback is probably fucking holding a CD in their attic. Like, fuck Nickelback. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. You can be that guy, but don't be that guy. Look at this photograph. (laughs) Here's the thing. So it's like, like artists are not releasing music that they are not passionate about. That's not how being an artist works. Like, they're not just releasing shit to get money. I think some are. Some, but not really. Not in rock and metal. No, not rock and metal. Like, it's just... Well, again, probably some, but... Some, but like minuscule amounts. Yeah. None of the elites, like, they do this because they love it. Like, it's not... Like, it's, it's stressful. Like, it's strenuous. Like, it's exhausting. It is a lot of work. And it's a fuck ton of pressure. And the deadlines are legit. And there's a fuck ton of people's jobs depending on you making shit that's good. But it, but you also want to like it. So that's why when they do shit, they're not just doing it because they're selling out. Like, there's all these other factors going into it. Like, they're doing what they love still. Like, and that's why when, when I use the Nickelback example, like, like, no. He is doing, like, the music that's true to him, you know? Yeah. Like, and he's also a very talented producer, by the way. Like, he owns a record label. Oh, like really? He's started his own record label. He's fully self-produced. He owns his own production company, so he produces other people's records and shit. He collaborates with tons of people doing, like, recording sessions and doing all kinds of stuff. Like, he's super well-educated, very intelligent, but he has a vision for what he wants his art to be. He has a specific style and a specific sound and a persona and this, this whole package that is presented as Nickelback. Like, that is... His brand. Like, that's that's a real fucking rock star. That's what real rock stars do. I want to be a... <laughs> he did it, man. <laughs> he did it. Driving 16 cars. I bet he has 16 cars. I bet he has more than 16 <laughs> cars. Why do you think he gets so much hate? It, I, I really don't even know because, I mean, I at the end of the day... a meme. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... Pr- I feel like it's almost entirely just exasperated by, like, meme culture. Yeah, because I could play... It's like people just hop on the bandwagon uh, to hate them for no reason, really. Would you say people are the most themselves... Not the most themselves. They're the least fake when they're drunk. What do you mean? Like, they, they're the most immediate action away. Does that make sense? When you're drunk, you you have no time to calculate how you want to act in a normal scenario. Yep. If I got in a bar with a thousand drunk people and played Rockstar by Nickelback, they'd all be jamming. Exactly. Every one of them would be jamming. They'd love it. Yeah, of course they would. Because it's Nickelback. It sounds amazing. Like, it's literally one of the best produced things ever, too. Like, on top of that. Like, everything's catchy as shit. It's got a fuck ton of vibe to it. It's super original because it is straight up his personality. Like, it's his personality. Like, no one's, like, sitting there fucking hovering over him saying, this is what you have to release. This is the next song you're going to make. Here's the words that you're going to sing. Like, no. No one's saying that to him. You know no one is sitting there hovering over him telling him what he's going to do. He is sitting there writing what he fucking wants to write and doing very well at it. And that's the whole point of art. And people are always going to hate when people succeed. And that's the same thing with the Five Finger Death Punch example. Like, they've changed their style. I don't really prefer it because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's like. But uh, good for them to stay for staying true to themselves. Yeah. And they're dope. They're dope. I saw them live last year. They're dope. Oh, hell yeah. Like, they're badass. And I've been a fan for a long time. And I think the new shit sounds amazing also. So it's like. It's just not what you want to put on in your car when you're going down the road. No. Definitely. Personally. I mean, sometimes, maybe. Yeah. Fair. 
but not um, always. But yeah, certainly sometimes I would say. But yeah, like with uh, with both of those, like it's like top tier shit. Like people are just gonna hate on it because it's not them and they're not doing what they want them to do. Yeah, people will hate on for that. And and, and as a result of that, they're gonna be like, oh, they sold out. Like like there's no way, like there's no chance in hell that they are just doing what they want to do. Jealousy. Oh yeah, and plus I mean, listen. Eight it's out of jealousy ten, and ignorance. Eight out of ten people know Five Finger Death Punch. If you say the name, they've heard of it. They Probably, know it. yeah, at least. Ten out of ten people have heard Nickelback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. from every generation, you could find people... I mean, everyone knows who oh, yeah. the fuck Nickelback is. Uh, which kind of goes back to the very beginning, where to be great, you have to be yourself. And if you're good at being yourself, and people... I mean, people still have to like it. But if you stay true to yourself... You can, you can, you, if you succeed, you will succeed more than those who, who aren't really them. Yeah, you know I agree. Because I think people will respond to the more genuine action. Yeah. Cause it's, it's weird. You can usually, I mean, you can't always tell, of course, but there is, there's just something different about it where you're like, I haven't heard this before. This is a new take on this. This is a new, this is a completely new sound. I've never heard this sound before. Even if it's not your forte, you can respect the fuck out of it. You show me a lot of music where, like, it's not what I'd put on ever in 100 years. However, I do sit here and I respect the music. And I'm like, it's a beautiful song. The the tension in it, I mean, like, I can really respect a beautiful song. And I can even re- recommend it to other people. Yeah. You show me um, a song just a little bit ago. I'm probably going to recommend to people. I'll have you tell me the name after this. Yeah. But it's you have to be yourself and yeah. i, I kind of want to take this out of music just yeah for a i minute. agree that's what i was gonna say is we'll, we'll kind of transition out of like specifically talking about like art and stuff and being true to that um and bring then, it to your everyday life yeah 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 so what was you had to say about that then being true to yourself in life is just as important as being true to yourself during any kind of artistic anything i agree because if you're not yourself at you now of course you can't always be yourself a hundred percent of the time um, because uh, maybe it was us that talked about this because your personality will shift based on who you're around. It will shift around who you're around. And also who you are can be very dependent on the state of your mind at that one point in time. Oh, yeah. If you're hungry, if you're craving something, you know, it can change a lot. You can't always be yourself in terms of getting what you want yeah. in the moment, but you will not be happy. If you don't try to somewhat be yourself every day. Oh, yeah. If you are completely closed and you have listened to everyone else and been like, well, I guess this is the way to live life. And you just go down that path farther and farther and farther and you never develop who you are. At some point, it's like we've talked about before the sunk cost fallacy where it's like, well, now I'm 60. I've never developed myself really. I've I've always so been it's too depressed. late for me to find myself. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it's not. Plenty no. of people find themselves when they're 60. Yeah. But it's a lot more difficult. You don't Definitely. have enough resource or you don't have as many resources, I should say. And you're it's potentially like you're physically limited, maybe like physically limited, know. possibly mentally limited. Yeah, you have more responsibilities at that point. Like Exactly. And it can be so much harder to cultivate, which is why, especially when you're young, you need to be yourself. Number one, it makes you happier no matter what. Even if you're depressed, of course, it might not be like the solving to all of your problems, yeah. but it, it makes you but, happier. But it's the start to being able to see clearly and objectively 
very true. By understanding yourself. And it's also the start of getting rid of the, the life you don't like. Because if you just listen to other people, if you just listen to what you should do, blah, 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 you're going to, you still create a life that yeah. you are living and you're in the center of. But now in front of this friend group, you have to act this way. And in front of these people, you have to act this way. And when you're at work, you have to act this way. And you can't do that because that'd be terrible. Yeah. And you get so far away from who you are, you feel like your entire life's an act. I feel, I think it's Jim Carrey. He had a quote of some sort saying, um, now I don't agree with this 100% because I do believe depression is a medical illness. But he said something along the lines of depression is when you're fed up with acting like yourself instead of being yourself. Something along those lines. Yeah. Which I really agree with because I've been in positions we all have. It can be a form of that. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Where you are, you're so not who you really are and you feel like you have to keep up with who you, who you're painting yourself to be that now you're lying to yourself all the time. You're trying to cultivate something that's not real. Yeah. And it, it feels shallow. It feels gross. It feels, and it feels like it's heartbreaking because you feel like you can't be you. Yeah. Which is why when you cultivate yourself, you start living a life like, hey, this is who I am. Number one, people are not going to like it because a lot of people are sheep and they're either jealous, ignorant, same as the art, artsy kind. Like, yeah. it's just like, fuck you. Stop being you. Yeah. That's like something I heard where it's like people, like once you're in the process of doing something, like changing your own life for the better, people, like, or if you're before you're in the process, people will try to stop you. Yeah. They'll try to say, oh, you're fine how you are. Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? Like, blah, blah, blah. But once you're already in the action, they're way more hesitant to step in and try to intervene. Like, they're not going to try to stop you once you're already going as likely. But, and that is what will try, will prevent people from getting a start at all is that they wait for other people's approval and they don't get it. And so they never get the start at all versus other people are going to be way less likely because of their own fear of conflict to try to step in and stop you once you've already put your mind to something and said, I'm fucking doing this. It's getting done. And then yeah. anyone that sits there and tries to dispute it is going to start, is going to either have a harder time or just not say anything at all. And those are specifically the people you need to get rid of. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, if, if you spend time with dumb people, then that's the ideas that you're going to be in taking and consuming, which is a very fair point. I give you that. But I, I still think you can hang out with some dumb people. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, it's probably but, inevitable, but. It, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm saying that it, should, it shouldn't be people that you should be anticipating anything beneficial to come from. Yeah. It sh they definitely shouldn't be a detriment to who you are. Yeah. Um, if that, because if that happens, then that's when, you know, they shouldn't be in your life anymore. Yeah. And we've talked about it, like, from personal experience off the podcast of, like, us trying to better ourselves and people trying to give us the comfortable way out. Oh, yeah. Because I think they think they're trying to be nice. And I guess in yeah, a very... Yeah, but it's because they're comfortable. Yeah. It, well, in a very shallow way, it is nice. Because they're like, oh, you should just love you how you are. And cool, whatever. But like, no, you shouldn't. Because if you find a problem with yourself, and it's, a, it's an actual problem, it's not an unhealthy thing to fight against, it will better you. It will give you whatever, health. It'll give you discipline, anything. Yeah. Go for it. Especially if you find it. Because once you live with it, like earlier, now you're living into that lie. And once you start living into that lie, it's hard to break. And people will suppress it like you were saying. And it works the opposite way too, where if you get stuck in a rut and then you find your friends, 
that like not only will they try to stop you from bettering your life, but even before that, they're making you think it's okay because they want to think it's okay. And it's hard. It's harder to tell someone like, have you ever seen someone where, you know, they need to do better, but you don't want to tell them because it's the quote unquote mean thing to do. Uh, sometimes I guess. Yeah, I probably have it more, but you still need to, you know, and it's a hard yeah. conversation to have, but you have to be like, Hey man, like, I feel like you, and I feel like people need to hear it. Well, it comes back to that thing that you can judge a person's trajectory in life based on the number of uncomfortable conversations that they're willing to have. Where's that from? Is that from anything? I think or? it's from Tim Ferriss. I don't know who that is. Shout four out. hour work week. Oh, four hour. Okay. Which is a but I don't but but I don't know if it's from him or if he just simply quoted it in that book. Either way, you've said a lot about the book. It's a great book. I still need to read it. But and it's not for everyone. Like I don't think every single thing in it is like applicable to everyone's life. But there's a lot of good principles that can be taken yeah. away from it that you can apply to your own life to try to improve it. And that's a great principle, whether it was his or you know. Yeah. I'm sure that's age old, but yeah, uncomfortable conversations are necessary. Uncomfortability is necessary. Yeah. If you're I not agree. willing to get yourself, it's to, called you stress. Like what? you stress. The prefix eu, like you stress. Eu stress. It's. It's not distress. It's the opposite of stress, like negative stress. It's beneficial stress. It's it's positive. It, it's the it's the type of stress that f propels you forward to better yourself. Yeah, and that doesn't mean put you in such an uncomfortable position that you have zero control and you no, spiral definitely out in a not. panic attack. No, it's taking on not. the most that you can without having that happen. Yeah, like man, I'm fucking uncomfortable here. I feel really nervous, but I'm gonna try my fucking best. And you'll, you won't do a hundred percent. You're not going to, of course, your first time, you're not going to just kill it unless you set your standards insanely low. But once you find a good place, you're not going to kill it, but it does give you a, a place to go better than you go. Okay. I faced my fucking fear, whatever it is in this case, being yourself as much as you can be, I was able to do it like 70% of the way. And then I, I, I got a little too afraid there were too many people, whatever the fuck your excuse is. Because mine is too many people. It's hard for me to be me around mass amounts of people because I can be a lot to take in. But then now you have like a mark to fight against. You're like, okay, I can't go below this. Now you will every once in a while and you shouldn't kill yourself for it, but you should understand like, I did dip below that. I need to work harder on this. I forgive myself, but... I need to push myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why having those conversations with people that aren't willing to push themselves like that is important. And if they're not willing to have those conversations or, you know, adopt new mindsets based on evidence that proves their existing methods irrelevant, then those are the type of people that you don't need to be associating with. And it's it's really hard to let them go for it, especially... It's not. Not for me. For me, it is. For <laughs> me, it is. It's not for me. Because I have a few... And, and at like times, I've, I've, it has been... But practice makes perfect. Yes. I need to practice it a little more. Yeah. Careful cultivation is key. Because I definitely have a few friends where, you know, it's very, it's, I love them. Like I genuinely love them as people, but I know that they're not doing well. And I've tried a lot to try to steer them in some, I've tried to have uncomfortable conversations. I've tried to fucking, you know, invite them. Like they don't like to do stuff. So I'll invite them like, hey, do you want to come running? Hey, do you want to, you know, go out tonight, meet 
someone, watch a comedy show, have fun, live life. And they're like, no, I want to do the same thing that I've done for the past three years, sit inside, smoke weed and watch TV. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not a productive thing and it's not a good thing. No, I mean they they're still they can still be great people. Yeah, but they're they're not great for you. They're because not at the end of the you. day, if you're trying to further your own life and accomplish things that are meaningful to you and try to have a life that is fulfilling and not, you know, meaningless and monotonous every day until you die, then being around people like that is only gonna further that, basically. Yeah. And I think if they ever let's say you have a conversation and you like explain, like, hey man, I have to stop. I can't be around this. This makes me feel like a worse person. Of course, it's going to hurt their feelings. It'll probably hurt them. And that's okay. Wait, but yes, it is okay. And it'll probably hurt them deeply. But if they ever grow up enough to get out of that themselves, I think they'll understand. They'll, they'll see it as a beneficial thing if they can reach that same point. Yeah, I don't think... But, they'll, but the point is that they'll only reach that point if they choose to. If, yeah. they, they'll, if they recognize the problem and decide to seek a solution, only then will they realize it. And that's what I've had to come to terms with when I've tried to help people who just, at the end of the day, didn't want to be helped. And that's what I'm still trying to... You're better than than I. Of course, I'm younger. I'm a little child. 21. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Anyways, <laughs> um, that's what I'm still trying to learn because it, it's a, a very hard thing. It's a very uncomfortable thing. But like we're saying, that's what it's about. It's about getting there. It's about talking to them about it. If life wasn't hard, it wouldn't be worth living. Yeah. Difficult things are good for you. Easy to do things are not good for you. Very layman's terms. In a lot of senses, yeah. Yeah, not in every sense, but... Of course. I think that if you are asking people to like do things that will end up bettering their own lives, and then they don't want to do it, then that's when you probably need to start putting distance between them. And then I think that, you know, kind of tying back into being true to yourself and understanding yourself, because I guess this could all come back around to self-awareness, and that's definitely something that we're going to touch on a lot too. I actually want to do a whole episode on that because yeah. that's kind of big. The big topics for me is it's the 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 rational solipsism and self awareness because I think that without that or or objective solipsism or just objectivity and self awareness that they feed off of each other and that having both is crucial. So that you know having more self awareness is crucial to being more true to yourself. You know, knowing yourself and knowing what that end outcome is, is essential to being able to actually make it happen. And I think that if you are objective enough to recognize that you have a disdain for people that don't want to better their own lives, like if you can look at people in your own circle and see that they don't want to better their lives, that they don't want to make any progress to achieve anything or to be fulfilled and they're just content with, you know, doing nothing forever and you recognize that as something that you don't want for yourself, then that is when it comes time to be true to what yourself is. Like if you recognize you don't like it, then that's when the uncomfortable conversation has to come around and, and, you know, either some distance has to be placed or you have to tell them why. But I mean, at the end of the day, like it's just better to be upfront about it. Like it doesn't have to be mean, you know, to tell them like it might hurt their feelings, but that's okay because that's on them. Like their response and their feelings is that's their choice. You have to do what's best for you at the end of the day. And so if you're capable of recognizing that something you're doing is going to be better for you in the long run, even if it means hurting their feelings, then they have to come to terms with that because you're doing what's best for you. Man, 
I, we're having a conversation. It's weird having a podcast, but I'm also like, you know, I'm, you know, my whole thing with this and the people in my life. Yeah. So it, I'm still learning with it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a hard thing, but that's, it's the right thing to do. I yeah. think for both parties, because I think yeah, it can also because, be a wake up call for them to be definitely. like, Hey, your best friend now can't be around you because you're, you're such a downer. And not in like, and you're if a it's bad, not, then it's like, whose fault is that? Well, if it's not, it doesn't worsen their lives. They just harbor more resentment. And no, exactly. Which yeah. is like, you know, if, if it doesn't make their, if it doesn't serve as a wake up call, then that's their fault because they're choosing not to allow it to be one. And I'm not even, especially if, especially if in situations like, cause I've had this happen with me where I get to a point where I'm excelling and they, and they should be able to visibly see that. And I offer them the same advice that took me to that position and then they don't want to take it. Whether it's a fear of change or fear of the unknown or whether it's a lack of motivation or whatever it is, at the end of the day, it comes down to whether they want to take it or not. And it does suck. Like if if they can have all the evidence presented to them and they should be able to look at the situation and clearly make the same decision, but they don't. And that's what solipsism is, the negative solipsism. You know, assuming that they're going to receive this same data, that they're going to look at this situation and come to the same conclusion based on some rationality. But, you know, at the end of the day, if they don't want to do that, then they're not going to. And hopefully cutting them off serves as a wake up call. Yeah, because if it does serve as a wake up call, like we said earlier, I think it's it's not even a thing of forgiving. It's a thing of understanding where it's like, now I'm bettering my life. Now I see people like that in my life. And now I understand why you had to do that. And you could still be friends after that. Like if they hit you up and they're like, listen, man, I get it. I was being a shit, not even that I was being a shitty friend, but I was being someone that you couldn't rely on, wasn't helping you grow at all. You did well. I started to do that. Now I'm doing well. You could still be friends after that. Yeah. Because it was never a negative thing coming out of you. It was never you being hateful towards them. It was you being truthful towards yourself. Yeah, like I think if a friend is intentionally dragging you down and you recognize that. Even not not intentionally. Well, yeah, either way, like just dragging you down and you recognize it, like you become aware of it, then that's when you need to make the decision. Like, because I don't think it even is dependent on whether you like them or not. Like you can like them still, but it's just a matter of having enough self-awareness to make that decision to better your own life instead of you know, holding yourself back from your own potential to try to lift someone else up that isn't going to, you know, lift themselves up. And I, I think that's also what just being a good friend is, not just to them, but to yourself, because you're being a good friend by letting them know the truth. Was it you that was talking about how you also need to be a good friend to yourself and your future self? Yes. You, okay. You have to, you, first off, you're the only person you're going to know forever. Yep. I mean, you could know someone forever. Sure. I guess, if you meet someone at yeah. age eight. And but at the end of the day, you're always alone in your own mind. Well, there's that. And also, you don't know what, where your friends are going. You don't know where anyone's going. You could possibly know someone for the rest of your life. But the only person you, a matter of fact, will for sure know for the rest of your life is you. And you have to be a good friend for you. And with that comes not just now. But it's you tomorrow and the day after that and you in a month and you in a year and you in 10 years. And of course, you can't always see every you in the future, but yeah. you have to build something for that. So not only are you being a good friend to them, even if it hurts them, 
because sometimes being a good friend is hurting your friends, which sounds counterintuitive, but it's true. It hurts them, but it might give them a wake up call. But you're also being a good friend to you because you're like, listen, man, to yourself, listen, man, there's this thing bringing you down over the course of time. And you might have fun with them today. You might have fun with them tomorrow. But overall, you're not going to do as well in five years achieving your goals. You're not going to be as confident in yourself. You're going to listen to this other person when they say, hey, man, you don't have to do that today. Just take a day off and relax, which is important to relax. But they usually say it at a bad time. Yeah. You're getting out of something. When you listen to that, you have to understand that and be like, all right, to be a good friend to them, I need to tell them the truth about how I feel. Because if not, I'm going to start harboring resentment for them and I'll be their friend, but secretly I'll hate them. Yeah. And And resentment towards yourself for not doing what is like intrinsic to your own nature. Exactly. And which all goes back to not being true to yourself. Yeah. And being your truthful self to them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's like a good example of this is how when I was a kid, I a lot of times, and we talked about this the other day a little bit, how a lot of times I would feel like I was very socially awkward or I, I would feel like I didn't really know how to properly socialize. Like I think I considered myself sort of shy in some way. Not fully. Because I, as a kid, as a very young kid, I would go up and talk to like pretty much anyone. Like I was never really shy like that. But as I got older, I think what happened was I was talking too much and then teachers like would ridicule me for it. And so eventually I was just like, well, I'll just shut up then. And I just like became like introverted. And I became introverted for a really long time. And I still am introverted and I don't mind that, but not to the point of where I'm like considering myself shy. Mm-hmm. I could feel like I could still talk to anyone at this point. But I think that that cultivated this sense of feeling like I was like socially awkward or that I didn't know how to behave in front of like larger crowds of people or in front of like multiple people. And so I think a lot of that was because I was not embracing who I truly was. I was kind of, I was putting a mask on and like putting a facade on and adopting all these other characteristics of the people around me and the things that my family wanted me to be, which was like the Christian stuff. And, Mm -hmm. and, and so it was like a, there was a constant conflict between my true nature and what I felt like was the things that were most natural to me and what I was constantly surrounded with all the time, whether it was like at school or church or anywhere. Like, so I think that's where my sense of feeling like that came from. And it was because of me not being true to myself. It was because I was suppressing things like, oh, maybe I have bipolar. It, it, it was not thinking about things like that. It was not thinking about how to apply the skills that I had at the time. And I feel it, that it, it was just encouraging me to continue going aimlessly, basically, with no plan and just follow the same path as everyone else and just do a 40 year job and then retire, blah, 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 which I never wanted to do from like second grade on. So from from then on, because I wasn't encouraged to cultivate self-awareness, I didn't know to look for the pattern and the similarities between the things that I wanted to achieve And then how to string that together. Because the pattern was me doing what I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. Like that was what I needed to be 
integrated into my life is the ability to have the time to do what I want when I need to without really any limitations. And an entrepreneurial lifestyle is what grants that. Yeah. And had I been encouraged to, you know, look more into things like psychology, to do things like meditation, to think critically and to be self-aware, then I would have had that insight at a way earlier age. I would have been able to string together the common theme between all these things that I wanted to do with my own life and recognize what the actual outcome was instead of getting lost in all these tangents, you know? And that's why I think that critical thinking and self-awareness is so crucial because if you don't have it, it can take so much more unnecessary trial and error to get to the same point versus it all being completely negated by simply starting to look for patterns and being self-aware at the start. You know what I mean? I know what you mean on a pretty deep level. Because I think I also brought this up in that conversation. I have always been a super, super shy person, I would venture to say. Um, I thought I had social anxiety as a kid. And it's kind of because of the same thing. You see people talking and you're like, well, that's just not how I talk. Like, I can't pretend to talk, like be interested about the weather today. So yeah, you feel yeah. like you can't talk to them because you're like, well, I want to talk about some weird shit. I want to bring up some random shit and have like a fun conversation that goes from funny to philosophical yeah i think that's a big part of it too is the fact that the way that our minds work is generally different than the majority of people that we are going to associate with like it is a rare mindset to be really you know so close to objectivity you know like to be truly unbiased in your opinions and open to new information that's a rare thing people aren't really like that a lot of times like they're not really truly open-minded like that or at least trying to be yeah because A lot of people do just kind of take what it is like, okay, cool. And then they walk around that for 40, 50 years. They never leave the city that they're in. Yeah. And then they try and then they make all these assumptions about what these other places outside of their realm is like. And they live as if that's a fact without having any experience of it. But before I, before we continue with that though, uh, and I think that's why it's so isolating and, capable of inducing that feeling of being socially awkward or having social anxiety because your mind is operating at a different level basically than so many other people that that they are content with doing this mediocre shit like discussing the fucking weather and talking about this like just meaningless stuff rather than you know discussing new ideas and discussing thoughts on how you can improve your own life and talking about you know what your beliefs are and what these things just just discussing things like having actual conversations and having a lack of that i feel like because that's what you need is probably something that contributed to that maybe also but i'll let you continue there i just want to throw that in A, a lack of having people around you who also wanted the same level of stimulating conversation i there was definitely there was definitely a lack to it um i did have some really great friends growing up like because i think a lot a lot of the thought that comes from you know being objective or at least as much as you can i think a lot of it comes from pain or being hurt or different experiences yeah so like one of my best friends uh in elementary school i met him in like second grade his parents got divorced and it like broke him. So we had like deep conversations about it as kids. And that kind of helped me be able to have deep conversations, but I was able to have it with him. And we got there very quickly. It wasn't just like, 
over four years I learned this. It was like he spent the night and we just talked and we, you know, we had a great conversation, which I had lacking at that point. And I think he did too. And we just melded together. Because I think when you meet someone like that, it's number one, it's so relieving because you finally meet someone like that. You don't feel alone in that way of thinking. Oh, yeah. And then they kind of spill everything. And that's what you've been waiting for. So you start to spill everything. And then it's a almost immediately tight friendship. So I didn't have a big lack of it. But I did feel like it was almost frowned upon to ask questions. Oh, yeah. Which I really praise my parents for because I asked a lot of fucking questions as a kid. And they were very upfront with it. Like I, I've told you this before. I think I've said on the podcast, the whole wearing a hat in church thing. When I was like, why can't I wear a hat in church? I would just like to wear a hat. Yeah. And my mom was like, you know, I don't have an answer. So you can wear a hat if you want, but you need to understand people don't ask questions. So they'll look at you weird because they didn't ask the question. And I was fine with that. I was like, yeah. well, I can explain that to them if they'd like. Yeah. I would wear hats in church all the time too. And the same, it was the same thing for me basically yeah. also. And I really like appreciate my parents for that because I feel like parents are a big role in it. Because maybe, possibly, if my parents kept pushing it in, it could have either made me become that or it could have just harbored more resentment. Yeah. But now I'm old. I love my parents um, and I appreciate it. But I definitely feel like, especially in school, it's very, it's very pushed not to have super crazy conversations, which is crazy for school because school's supposed to be about thought. Yeah. But you're around all these people that have pretty usually meaningless not even funny just legitimately talking about nothing and it's it's not praised but it is the norm it's hard to find people who talk about different things and even people that talk about different things i told this to a girl i was talking to recently uh like a lot of people i meet and i feel like you'll feel like the same way within five minutes you know every fucking thing about them <laughs> every thought that they're ever yeah, gonna yeah. have you already know it yeah. I can't like you if you're like that. No. As a person. And I was telling her that because I biggest compliment I can give you is you're interesting. Yeah. Because that means I don't I can't place you in four minutes. I need to get to know you. Um, but it's not like that in school. Everyone is like, you know in five minutes. You know him in five minutes, him and him. And of course you don't know him to the deepest, darkest secret, but like you kind of get the gist. And it it suppresses that curiosity of just what is everything and it makes it really difficult to talk to people and I grew up with that for sure to where it still affects me now where I'm still trying to get out of it because I like everyone wants people to like them you're definitely a lot better you don't give a shit if people like you I think you still probably give a little shit a little maybe but yeah but you're you've practiced it a lot you're fine with people hating you or at least disliking you well like here's the thing like truly I don't care in any way whatsoever what they think of me and that is my true nature it does not matter to me at all because i recognize that it doesn't matter but it's a matter of honing your own self-awareness to the point of being like it doesn't matter and i'm and i'm not gonna let it affect me i need to get more to that level i need to get to that god that christian national <laughs> christian nationalist tier level yeah. shout out patreon <laughs> yeah. um, i need to get more there because i do like, I know it doesn't matter if people like me. I, I understand it, but it's still a hard thing to do. Yeah. You, especially growing up like that, you and I, where you don't have a lot of friends. 
and then you might change yourself a little to get more friends and it feels good to have a lot of friends yeah but then again you're not being you yeah so then you get to, like it's a whole thing so now i'm here i'm almost always myself in front of people yeah yeah and I'm, then there's like the whole process of you like then feeling guilty about the fact that you're not being yourself or that you're having to change yourself to to fit yeah. in with certain people or something like and that gives that really fucks you up because then you're like am i not lovable yeah, which is yeah. why when you find people of the same some similar mindset and you're just you and of course no one's a perfect person we all have our shitty sides but especially when someone sees your bad sides and they acknowledge it and they're still like well i think i still think you're a good person trying to do good things it it's such a reassurance that like you you have a very small circle like three four people i have a really small circle two three people but that is like so plenty enough of people yeah where it's just like to know like oh i could still be myself people still enjoy it it's smart people smart people and that's what should matter oh, yeah. at least smart to you they don't have to be smart to everyone but if you find yeah roll your eyes at me bitch if you find value in them and they find value in you that's all that fucking matters you know what i'm saying you don't like that not really no but we've talked about it i have different value in people than you have value in people yeah yeah you can't disagree with that no i can't we all have different value in people yeah yeah Oh, unfortunately, I do know that is true, but I don't think that it necessarily justifies it. <laughs> I do. Because yeah. if I find the value in the people, I'll keep them around. It's, you know. Because, yeah, because I think you, you could get the same value out of a better sampling pool. And it would be of a higher quality, too. It would be that 80% smart versus 20% dumb. And then that 20% of pure gold is your value instead of Possibly. it instead of it always being detrimental to you 80 percent detrimental 20 percent okay yeah, instead of you just waiting around for those gold mines you're being bettered and bettered and bettered and then you also stumble on gold mines like <laughs> true but i don't I, I you see. can have both you can have the best of both worlds you can have both yeah I think we we should end it here you can have both you can have both <laughs> i'm not even lying like I didn't cry, but I teared up like just a little bit. My tear ducts got wet. About what? Uh, just the whole the whole friend thing and oh, being yeah. yourself around them and being your being yourself enough to tell you you need to cut them off, or not even cut them off, but definitely limit your time around them and stop hanging out with them. I mean, we didn't get that far into it, but like to in when you hang out with them and you do what they want to do, which is nothing, you're encouraging that to be normal behavior. Yeah, I mean, I did that so many times. Yeah, where I, I've definitely I would him. be around people that I thought were fucking stupid and I would recognize that I thought they were stupid and that they weren't really providing any actual benefit, but yet I would still be like, hey, you want to hang out? Because maybe I was like looking for attention or maybe it was because of a sense of like trying to fit in or whatever it was, but it was because I wasn't being true to myself, yeah. which would have naturally been to say, this is over. <laughs> like, and well, and that's the part that gets me a little emotional. Is is I have friends like that, and I'm a very loving person. Like, I love everyone. So it's the people that I really deeply care for and I love. But I also understand that like the best thing for both of us would probably be to not see each other a lot, especially when I'm putting in most of the effort and they're not. And then yeah. when we do hang out, 
like I feel like it's a detriment to me because I do less than I would if I just was here alone. Because yeah. at least I, I'd clean my place up a little bit. Yeah. I'd go out for a run. I would do something. Exactly. Like if you're having thoughts of guilt or something or thinking about the things that you could be accomplishing while you're doing something that's not helping you get anywhere, then that is a sign from yourself that you should probably listen to. That And like and that's just from self from experience, knowing that that is a sign from yourself that means this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Because if you're having those feelings, there's a reason for it. Like, And I would get that way. Whenever I would hang out with like Phil and Christy mm-hmm. and, or stuff like that, where... Where like if I was just like quote unquote hanging out with them and or or in many other examples with other people throughout my life where I would be with people that I knew were detriments in some way, but didn't want to say anything and it nothing good ever came of it. Oh, that's that's the part that just gets me emotional. It's oh, just because yeah. I, I, I really do love them as people because I've known them for a while and because like I've seen them do good. But it's also like, I have seen them do good, but how long ago was it? How long was it for? Have they given up on it? Like, yeah. Now, what caused them to do that in the first place, even? Like, what caused them to do it? it am I now, is it, has it been so long when I look back on the past 10, 15 times I've been around them? Have I actually enjoyed my time? Have I felt like some anything got accomplished have we had a good talk has it been anything more than the than the school bullshit talk about weather yeah and sadly it's not no for for some people yeah like i would get those same feelings too where it's just like what are we talking about right now it's like there's just no point to this whole conversation like nothing good is coming out of this and i would just be sitting there thinking like just fidgeting and stressing and thinking about Oh, wow, yep. There's a whole lot of drums that need to be edited on this album right now. Like, just sitting there, you know, playing a fucking video game or watching some stupid TV show that I don't want to watch because someone's wanting to show me some shit that's subpar. And I'm just like, wow, I could really be, you know, working on creating content for any of the, like, almost 10 social media pages that I'm managing. Like, you know, it's like I could really be sitting here creating content and browsing through hashtags to make all these posts. I could really be sitting here on fa- on Photoshop creating fucking like graphics for yeah. Instagram flyers. Like I could really be sitting here editing drums right now or tracking guitars or practicing guitar or practicing vocals or practicing mixing on any of the like fucking hundred instruments like i could be doing anything i could be reorganizing my templates like i could be going out like networking for shows i could there's just an infinite amount of things that i could be doing to further my own goals and instead i'm sitting here watching a tv show with someone that doesn't want to do anything with their own life so not only what, what i just said but you can't even really properly express and dictate what your goals are to someone like that because they're not capable of understanding because they'll immediately just want to be like talk about it for a few minutes you know cool 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 then they're back to talking about the weather yeah what do you mean like i was just getting started we just started the conversation why are you wanting to go back to talking about the weather again like like it's, it's the worst is when you start saying some like deeper stuff like that, more like philosophical conversation, thought-provoking stuff to someone who is like a cuck and they're stupid. <laughs> and it seems to be going well, right? 
they're like receptive to it. And you're like, oh, this is going well. And it happens for like four or five minutes or less. And then they're back to their bullshit again. What the fuck? It's like, I thought we just made progress. It's like, I thought we just had a conversation where things were productive. Didn't That didn't like that didn't light any, spark anything in your mind? Like apparently not, because they just go right back to it again. And that's the most disheartening. Yeah. Now it's back to BoJack Horseman episode two. What the hell? And I love BoJack, by the way. <laughs> I've never seen it. <laughs> it's good. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's like, what's the fucking purpose? Yeah. I love you, but why am I here? That's the time. Well, this Uncomfortable is a, conversation time. This is a sad end to a podcast, but it has a great meaning. If if you're listening, just follow Yeah, but it doesn't heart. really have to be sad, you know? I mean, it'll hurt. It will be sad. I don't think you can do it without... I mean, unless you're a sociopath. I don't think you can fully do it without, like, being hurt yourself or having really bad empathy or sympathy for someone, but... In the end, you have to follow yourself. If you're listening to this, follow yourself. Follow your dreams. Yeah, and it'll be a recurring topic. Like We'll be yeah. talking about it a lot more because I think that being true to your own nature and self-awareness and objectivity, it, it's all kind of tied in together. Yeah. Like, you need them all to be able to further them all. I, I feel like they're, they're kind of interconnected in, in that way. And we'll definitely definitely get more into this in our next season yeah artistic intent thank you yeah yeah and it'll i mean that's not like the title of the season or anything but no. but things well, will be going towards more of a art art and philosophy direction i think if i'm correct we'll have like a whole episode explaining yeah what it's going to be about but it's going to be yeah. a great season we're going towards something i i think is truly beautiful just in in and of itself yeah I'm and really there will excited. still be rants about politics and religion as always because those of topics course. are always also interconnected into like philosophy and stuff like that i'll still talk about ben eating children and i'll still and talk about how alex is actually a levain satanist and not a fucking christian and i'll still be trying to convince him i'm a christian and be the best christian humble person i can while whilst also talking about spitting and gagging on balls it's still going to be fun, but it'll Always. also have some good thought-provoking content. Yeah, and yeah, no, the new season will definitely be a lot of fun to get involved yeah. with all that stuff. I think it'll be a good direction to I'm take excited. things. Well, I mean, it's just like a natural shift, I think. Yeah. It it has flowed very well into this whole topic and stuff. And I think that everything before, not only did it serve as a good way to kind of like figure out where we want to take things, but also to just lay some groundwork. Going. Yeah, to lay the groundwork for where these conversations are headed now. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it, it, it's all integrated anyway. This is this is the beginning of our entire philosophy book. Yeah, so yeah. This this will be the the cornerstone of everything. Yep, of how to start your own religion. Uh, our cult. That's what, this what? season? Is it this season? Starting our own or religion. Or is that a Patreon bit? What? Starting our own religion. No, that's this season. Okay. Yeah. That'll be in like... Yeah, we have three episodes left in this season. Yes. So. And I believe that's the second to last. Okay. But thank you yeah, for Yeah, and then first episode of the new season, we can run down everything and explain where we want to go with things. And then... Hell yeah. And then we'll kick it off with new topics. It's going to be fucking New fantastic. intro theme. New everything. Stay except tuned. the logo. <laughs> <laughs> except the logo. <laughs> And I, we're we're going to there will be a break. Yeah, I'm gonna say that now at the end of the year. Yeah, there will be a break at the end of the year throughout the holidays. But we but will, there will be 
There will be more Patreon stuff coming. We're yep. going to be working on that. We're going to be working on possible merch coming out. We're, yep. gonna, we're wor- working bonus on bonus holiday stuff. episodes. So it, it'll be a break from regular episodes and a hiatus in between season one and two, but it will be loaded with other bonus content stuff. Yes. So it won't be just nothing. Oh, it'll be, it won't just be not nothing. It will be probably one of the best things that we've done with the podcast. It'll be really taking this from just our conversations to somewhat of a next level. Yes. And um, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. I'm but excited hey. for it. It's going to be fucking fun. Thank Especially you. to kick off the new year with all this new shit. We have a lot of surprises yeah. coming. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you for listening, and I hope everyone has a fucking hootenanny this week. <laughs> See you next week. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you enjoying this podcast? We fucking know you are. I'm sure they could enjoy it even more, though. <sighs> all right, you negative asshole. I'm sure our lovely audience could enjoy it more by checking out our Patreon page. Ah, yes. Well, look at you solving problems. We've got multiple tiers to choose from, so there's not really any financial pressure. Thank you for that. And uh, whether it be (laughs) early access to episodes, bonus content, exclusive Patreon-only merch, or just listening to Ben and I ramble about the different types of orifices in the human body, our Patreon has a large variety of special content for very special people. Plenty of rambling. And don't forget, you rambling asshole, that that's far from all we're offering. We are creating video and audio comedy bits for TikTok and everything. Fuck TikTok. Fuck TikTok. Giving access to behind-the-scenes content and occasionally bringing on the coolest fucking guests ever. Amongst many other things. To check all of this out, go to patreon.com slash the real devil's advocate podcast. Again, that is patreon.com slash the real devil's advocate podcast. And maybe, Ben, if you weren't such a disgusting pothead, you would have remembered to say that not only do we have Patreon exclusive merch, but we also sell a shit ton of merch to our general audience on our website. Yeah, no, maybe I should have remembered that because that is the best way that you can support us aside from subscribing to our Patreon. But you can check all of that out on our website, which is www.therealdevilsadvocatepodcast.com and find us on any of our social media platforms or streaming platforms with the tag The Real Devil's Advocate Podcast. And again, that is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.thereal.devil S-A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Jesus.